The Digital Citizen Podcast is brought to you by ServiceNow in collaboration with Government Executive Media Group's Studio 2G. ServiceNow Industry Solutions transform state, local, and regional governments with a consumer-style experience that's intuitive and secure for your workforce and the people they serve. Check out how ServiceNow can help your agency fuel mission-oriented innovation and accelerate outcomes at servicenow.com. Today, local governments everywhere face the same challenge, how to deliver billions of vaccines to those that need them quickly, efficiently, and with finite resources. To do so requires intense and precise workflow management. So what tools and techniques can prove useful in the quest to vaccinate the U.S. population? How can they effectively connect workflows and information across organizations and systems to distribute, track, and monitor vaccine distribution? And as agencies look out at the next normal, what other types of tools will they need to safely and effectively manage a hybrid workforce and a more digitally savvy constituent population? Those are exactly the questions we're looking to answer on today's episode of The Digital Citizen, a podcast from ServiceNow in partnership with Government Executive Media Group's Studio 2D. I'm your host, Constance Sayers. Joining me to talk through these challenges are Chris Dilley, CTO for State and Local Government at ServiceNow, and his colleague, Tom Yates. Global Head of State, Local, and Regional Government Solutions. Tom, Chris, thank you so much for joining me today. It's great to be here. Chris, I want to start with you. Can you start by telling us a little bit about what problems agencies have in front of them right now in terms of workflow as they look to distribute vaccines and begin returning staff to the office? Uh, Thank you. As we think about it, not just about distributing vaccines, but really the entire post-pandemic world and what that looks like for government offices as they return their staff to the office, as they begin to engage with citizens, and really as they begin to look forward about how to manage risk and making sure that what they've learned from over the last year, how we've managed some of this, how we continue to look at these things going forward. So I think some of the biggest challenges agencies have in front of them, first is that risk management, that validation. As I think 50% uh, of the United States has been vaccinated at this point, how do we make sure we validate understand who has been vaccinated, who wants to take the risk, come into the office, and what are they comfortable with as they look at not only being in an office environment, being around your peers in that controlled environment, but also as so many government offices are interacting with, with the public, interacting with citizens, providing those citizen services, and making sure that we are putting those right protocols and processes in place, but also managing and maintaining that personal touch that needs to be done in many of these sensitive situations as it relates to these services. We've all experienced a disruption and government has really responded incredibly to continue to provide those services best they can and continue to make those adjustments. And I think as we look to get staff back in the office, managing risk appropriately, managing those back to office expectations, and then beginning to serve those citizens is great to see that we have that opportunity ahead of us. Tom, what do you think? Yeah, Chris, I think you made a lot of good points. And some other thoughts that I have are vaccines are actually just one piece of the puzzle. So you really need to communicate with your teams and gauge their comfort level in terms of returning to the office. So are they mentally prepared as well as physically prepared to return to the office? So Getting your vaccinations is one piece of the puzzle. Another piece might be arranging for childcare, 
or you know pivoting because you've been working from home to uh, some sort of a regular schedule where we're going into the office, it's going to require a lot of personal changes as well. So there needs to be two-way communication between the employer and the employee, as well as making the employee feel comfortable that you as an employer have done your job in terms of making the office a safe workplace. So if you think about personal protective equipment, plexiglass shields for places where you're interacting with the public, the ability to schedule appointments so you don't have a large group of people milling around in your lobby, potentially creating a super spreader event. All of those pieces are really important. And another thing is you have these employees, many of whom are not going to be coming back to the office. So how do we keep them plugged in? How do we keep that esprit de corps of your organization when you have a hybrid workforce? I think these are a lot of issues that leaders in government are going to have to tackle as we move into the next 12 to 18 months. And I see this more as a journey than a particular cutoff point where all of a sudden everyone comes back into work. So we're going to have things opening up gradually. We're going to have people starting to get comfortable removing masks. And hopefully there won't be social stigmas around some of these items, but we are going to have a large amount of mental health issues as well, because there's a lot of pent up anxiety. And so as an organization, we need to be receptive to that as well. And that's another area where I think having that two-way communication is really critical. That's a really great approach that, that you have there for all the different things to be looking at. How can digital tools help these agencies overcome many of these current challenges? And Tom, I'll just keep going with you on this thought. It's great. It's a good question because what you need to do is take into account the fact that you have this really distributed workforce. So a lot of organizations, state and local government agencies have actually been hiring outside of their geographical area because they're allowing for permanent remote work. So you need to have one place to go to get your information, whether you're an employee or whether you're working with the public. If you have that one place where all of your communication happens, where all of your tasks are assigned so that you know what to do, when you have to do it, you know who your teammates are, and you can get that done in one central location, I think that's very important. So it's really a platform mindset. And that platform needs to have that communication ability. It also needs to be able to route work effectively across the organization so that you have employees that might be sitting together one day and might be separated by hundreds of miles the next day to be able to keep track of all that work. So it's not just the fact that, hey, I am Tom and I need Chris to do something. I could send him an email if that were the case. But what if it is someone is monitoring this case it's a very important case. And we have a service level applied to that. So we need to respond to this person within, say, two hours. Now, if I'm the manager, I'm going to have a lot more comfort. If I can go into a dashboard and see that we're meeting our service levels in the aggregate and that remote workforce is getting everything done and everything's moving along like clockwork. So I think looking at that platform ability to bring everything together to give everyone common space and a single pane of glass to be able to see what's going on is really going to be one of the digital challenges. Oh, those are great points, Tom. And two of the points I'd like to emphasize is around the communication and around the workflow and routing that work. You know, the ability to communicate in a contextual experience and make sure that people are receiving 
information in a dynamic manner. Things happen in real time and we need to communicate in real time and be able to route that work, manage that work, and make sure that has the right visibility around that is, is going to be key to solve really these many of these current challenges. As we look at how we support the staff and where they're at, whether it's an office that maybe had an outbreak or maybe isn't as comfortable, and as they're increasing capacity from a citizen standpoint, or just the amount of work that they have, being able to route that work and have visibility to all that is really what digital tools, digital processes, digital workflow can deliver you know, on a platform approach the way ServiceNow does that. Kind of probing a little bit more here, how can platforms like ServiceNow help even those citizens who aren't digitally savvy by freeing up call center or in-person services? Chris, I'll, I'll keep going with you on that question. No, I think that's a great point. We have citizens that some are high tech, some are low tech, and some are no tech. And so as we think about how we support the ones that can help themselves from a high tech perspective. We talk a lot about chatbots, agent intelligence, you know, self-service type functions, and being able to deliver those, those citizens, what that does is it increases the capacity of the workforce, of the resources that still need to manage some of those individuals that are less comfortable with technology or less comfortable with self-service. I have a, a mother who's in her 70s and she would much rather call and make sure she really understands you know, what services she needs versus confident in herself, confident in how she can get that from a self-service perspective. But if those of us that are more comfortable with technology and driving those experiences ourselves through tools that are enabled for citizens, you know, that really does increase those, that capacity for those call center, for those resources to really do a better job of communicating, working with those that need more services. And then from an in-person perspective, you know, this is also where, you know, scheduling, we've all seen the long lines at EMVs or, or different offices for government services, how we schedule those, how we manage the intake and the work with those citizens has changed. Being able to schedule, being able to get notification that my appointment's in 15 minutes and being able to show up just in time and have a resource ready to work with. Those are the types of things that I think help us work with governments better and help those citizens that, again, need those services real time or when they need them in the way they want to interact with government. Yeah, it is something that is on the mind of government leaders because government is not like private industry. So if I build an app and I can get 80 to 85% of my potential user base on that, that's a huge win. But if I am a government offering a service and I can only get 80 to 85% of my citizenry on that, it's a failure because I've just left 10 to 15% of people behind. So you have a number of issues that cause people to not be able to consume the technical digital services that we're offering. And they can be lack of being technically savvy. It can be the fact that they don't have broadband. It could be a fact that they're just like not interested in it. My parents as well are in their 70s and they, I give them computers because I'm a computer guy and they just don't have that level of interest of playing around with it, figuring out how to do things, setting up automatic bill pay, things like that. So like Chris said, if we build these services so that the people who want them, that 80%, let's say, go consume that service digitally 24-7, 
that frees up our call center staff to be really proactive. And we saw this pivot happen a lot in rural areas with elderly patients that needed to get COVID vaccines. We had to have, as government agencies, a specific focus on being very proactive to reach out to that group in particular. So it was a lot of traditional media advertising by government agencies, as well as just getting in the vans and driving around through neighborhoods, visiting senior centers, et cetera, and being a lot more proactive. So that, of course, is time consuming. So if somebody like me gets onto the web portal at three in the morning and schedules my appointment, consumes all of the services digitally, I have been removed from the equation so people can focus on those that need more hand-holding. That's really great. Well, thank you, Tom and Chris, for, for joining me today. That's all we have time for. It was really, really great talking with you both about some of these amazing topics. So thank you both for joining me. Well, thank you, Constance. It was great to be part of this. Yep. Thanks for the invitation. And thanks to our listeners of this premiere episode of The Digital Citizen. This podcast is a production of Government Executive Media Group's Studio 2G in collaboration with ServiceNow. Tune in next time when we talk about what tools and technologies will help agencies manage the next normal. The Digital Citizen Podcast is brought to you by ServiceNow in collaboration with Government Executive Media Group's Studio 2G. To learn more about how ServiceNow can help your agency transform, visit servicenow.com.